When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's that time. Hey, Mitch. Mitchie. Mitchie, Mitchie, Mitchie. We're looking for you, pal. Mitch Sherman from The Athletic, talking Big Red. Unleash the fury, Mitch. Unleash the fury! On Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity. We're presented by Currency. The Athletic's Mitch Sherman joins us at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, how we doing? Doing well. Chris, how are you? We're uh, absorbing the news on Ted Carter. I'm sure you are as well. Reaction, level of shock out of 10? Um, like a nine, I'd say. Yeah. Pretty surprising. You know, this isn't like this isn't like football coaching openings where I think everyone is aware of jobs that need to be filled. And this Ohio State job has been open for quite a while, all of all of 2023. So I assume if you're in the higher ed field and are aware of who potential candidates might be or who's a hot name, a rising name, um, it wouldn't come perhaps as so much of a surprise, but I was not aware that (laughs) Ted Carter could be a candidate at Ohio state, just full disclosure there. So it was very much a surprise. And, and, you know, I think just because of some of the momentum that we've seen, and, and, and you know, we live in this little world of athletics, but I'm relatively aware of what's going on on a larger scale for the University of Nebraska system, and there's been some momentum under Ted Carter. You know, he took over at a difficult time right before COVID hit in January of, of 2020, and, and, you know, unlike some leaders who came in at that exact moment, um, he's guided Nebraska through this in, in a good spot, and I think is is respected and, and very well liked. And, and certainly as it relates to athletics, he's somebody that um, has done outstanding things. You know, it's, there, there, there's a good argument to be made. I think a solid argument that, that Trev Alberts and Matt Rule would not be at Nebraska if not for Ted Carter's involvement. Um, so that's, that's uh, significant. And uh, yeah, this, this comes as, as quite a shock right here uh, in this moment. I would say it's, a, it's an inopportune moment. Um, for Nebraska to have its leadership structure compromised in, in the way that it does now uh, until a new president is, is hired and until we, we find out who that is and, and you know, how that person is, uh, is, is going to lead this, not just the university system, uh, but, but also uh, guide uh, the Lincoln campus as it relates to athletics because that's what we're, uh, we're here talking about right now. It is, and, and Elijah nailed the, the point of unity with – Ted and Trev and, and Rule, and it, it's always talked about every coaching that gets every coach that gets hired in Lincoln uh, talks about the administration and the support and how it's you know kumbaya. But it, it really felt like or looked like it was with with those three names. Um, when we talk about Ted Carter and, and Coach Rule, he was very impactful in, in helping get Rule here and. And, you know, you, you, you look at Rule, and if he does what he's supposed to do, 
again, cart before the horse, keeping back with last segment, Mitch, <laughs> um, you know, with, with without Ted Carter here, does it make it harder to keep Matt Rule in Lincoln if, if it ever comes to that? Yeah, I think so. But, I, you know, you also need to need to wait and see who the next president is and really what that president's role will be with Nebraska athletics. They're, they're, they're varied roles. You know, Ted Carter is probably more involved, certainly as involved as any recent NU president with the football program and with the athletic department. And some of that is because of the change that has occurred in the last year here at with the chancellor spot. Usually it's the chancellor that has that kind of a relationship with the athletic director and, and, you know, as a result, the football coach. So maybe Rodney Bennett, as the new chancellor at Nebraska, will will step into a position where he develops a relationship uh, or expands that relationship with Trev Albertson, develops a relationship with Matt Rule that turns into something that is as important or close to as important for Rule as uh, the way that he feels about Ted Carter. Or maybe it will be the next NU president. Um, you know, the person in Ted Carter's seat has four campuses to think about, and we, we don't know if, if uh, they'll find somebody or if they'll even look for somebody who prioritizes Nebraska sports in the same way that Ted Carter has. Certainly it's an important thing, and the, the Regents made that clear this summer when they talked about that transition of power for the Big Ten uh, Council of Presidents and Chancellors and put Carter into that role instead of the, the UNL Chancellor, but... Um, you know, the next president might be more interested in um, in growth and and research at the med center than he or she is with uh, what Nebraska football is ranked nationally. And so, if that's the case, then maybe that that leadership and that those relationships shift back to the Lincoln campus, and, and Rodney Bennett is in a a very important spot. He is in an important spot, but it is an, is an important and an important spot um, as it as. W- the conversation pertains to Nebraska football. Mitch, you mentioned that that transition of power this summer from the chancellor's office to the president's office in terms of athletics. And I want to get your take on, on what that this is going to mean for that moving forward. Does this seem like a, a bad idea to you now with the benefit of hindsight, being able to see that Ted Carter has left and gone to Ohio state, or at least will be on January 1st. Well, I don't think they would have made that move if they knew that he was going to leave in, in August. <laughs> They knew that he was looking at the Ohio State job and, and had the potential to, to, to leave Nebraska. Um, we'll see. Again, that's going to depend on, you know, at that point when they, when they made that decision to shift, it looked, it looked solid because Ted Carter is such a respected voice when it, on, on Big Ten matters, on NCAA matters, and he carries clout. So it was important for Nebraska to have a big voice in the room in the, in the Big Ten. And I think it's more important for Nebraska even, even now moving forward to have a big voice in the room when four more loud schools from the West Coast come into the league in, in 2024. So whether it's the chancellor, that's Bennett, who we know, or the future president, who we don't know, Whoever that is that represents Nebraska on the Big Ten Council of Presidents and Chancellors, the reasons need to make sure that it's somebody who represents Nebraska well, of course, but also is able to exert some influence and allow Nebraska to be a part of important decisions. Mitch Sherman's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Mitch, get a shift away from, from Carter's departure and uh, kind of turn the attention to, to Minnesota 
and uh, the the football program specifically with what's ahead for them. And we both uh, heard from Coach Satterfield today. And, uh, you know, when we talk about the, the Nebraska offense, I want to get your take. Do you think they're going to have a lean, i.e., pro-style under center eye formation or shotgun spread? I ask that. Do you think they'll be able to do either well, well enough on offense based on the matchup they have and the defenses they're facing? Are they going to be able to be uh, positionless in a sense of what, what style of offense they want to go at? I think it's going to be a challenge in week one, but you know maybe not as much of a challenge as it would be if you were playing Minnesota midseason. I think they're going to take some time to round into form. That's generally been the case for the Gophers is that they haven't been there best in week one or week two, and most teams aren't, or few teams are. Nebraska has not been its best in week one by any stretch in the last few years, thinking back to the Northwestern game last year and the Illinois game the year before that. So, you know, you're probably going to see two, two teams that are, that are a, 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 um, you know, a, a compromised version of their final selves when we watch that game next Thursday night. And, and I think Nebraska is going to come out and, and try to be a, a power team because I think that minimizes potential mistakes and that, that if you can make that work under center and have a fullback or have two tight ends, just two wide receivers. And some of this too is a conversation about the wide receiver mm-hmm. availability. If, you know, if you had four or five guys who were ready to go at wide receiver, then you'd be more apt to go into a spread offense with one back and one tight end, but really there's the strength of this team right now, personnel wise is with its running backs and with those two tight ends, as long as Thomas Fedoni and Nate Borkature are healthy, they're two of the, uh, of the, of the players on this roster who I think Nebraska feels and Marcus Satterfield feels like they can depend on. So just from, from that point of view, I think Nebraska will be more power to start the game. And if they can get some things to, to work in that area, then yeah, they'll go from there, and they'll try to spread it out a little bit. They don't want to have to spread it out because things aren't working at the power level. Mm-hmm. To me, that's that's um, that's a red. You know, there are several things that could happen in this game that would be a red flag. And one, after all we've heard about the defense in in preseason camp, if Minnesota goes in, out and and drives the field in eight plays, you know, methodically at, at the start of the the game, I think that's that's a bad sign for how it's going to go on Thursday night, and and. Um, likewise, on the offensive side, if Nebraska can't do anything, struggles to move the ball when it's in its power sets, then that's also uh, a sign of uh, that, that this isn't going to be the kind of game they're hoping for. Mitch, with a laundry list of question marks heading into this, this game against Minnesota, what are one or two things you're confident in seeing next Thursday night? I think the defense is going gonna, is gonna to create some uh, some some chaos, and again, that's kind of that's kind of has to do with the matchups. And Minnesota is going to be conservative. I'm I'm confident in that, but I, but at the same time, I'm confident that Nebraska and Tony White, with this defense and the experience that it has, and the leaders who have emerged, some new, and some returning from last year, that they're going to be able to find a way to get Minnesota um, out of rhythm and behind the sticks at times. And then that that's where the the, the potential for chaos comes in, whether it's a um, a play behind the line of scrimmage, uh, a turnover. Um, I don't think Minnesota is going to be a well-oiled machine on the offensive side. They're replacing a lot of pieces at receiver and running back, and they've got a quarterback with minimalist experience, although enough experience that you can expect he's going to be ready to go. Um, 
So, I, you know, I'm, I'm confident in, in that about the Nebraska defense. Offensively, I would say I'm confident in the tight end position, which is a little bit of a strange thing to say because you're talking about one player in Thomas Fedoni who's hardly been on the field at all in his career. One game, a couple of snaps against Wisconsin as a true freshman two years ago. But I think he's done so much in the offseason to prove himself and, and to get ready for, for, for next week that I feel pretty confident that he's going to be a factor in this game. And, and his partner in crime, Borkutcher, Nate Borkutcher, uh, new on scholarship this, this year, I also feel good that, that he'll, he's going to do the right things. He's going to put Nebraska in a position where he can make plays. So of all the position groups, you know, if you're talking about the running backs, the quarterbacks, the receivers, the offensive line, I think I'd probably feel best about those two tight ends for Nebraska on the offense. Mitch, uh, I'm going to need two minutes on the other side. Can I put yeah, you sure. on the spot <laughs> and, uh, and ask that? So good. Appreciate you. Mitch Sherman continues with us. A couple more thoughts for Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. You can find him and follow him. Do so on Twitter got to get into the uh, the fumbling topic and we'll get there next with Mitch Sherman more reaction on Ted Carter's announcement Hail Varsity continues we're presented by Currency and now and now back to Hail Varsity Radio big thanks to Mitch Sherman as he's given us a little overtime with the athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter Mitch, thanks for hanging tight. I wanted to get into Anthony Grant, his role, and the, the, the fumbles that have been talked about, not only by Coach Rule, but addressed by Satterfield today. And I, I'm a little surprised. I know Grant carried the ball the, the most out of the backs for Nebraska last year coming into this year, but it seems like a sudden issue for him because I didn't – I don't – put Grant in that category of, of a fumbler. Right. Um, you know, it could be a, a situation where he's a little beat up, worn down after what's been what was a very taxing three weeks of camp. And, you know, it doesn't take a lot from an injury standpoint to, uh, to lead to potentially a, a fumbling issue. So, because it's not been something with him that has occurred over the long term, and we didn't see it last year, I believe the number is. Had I had to look this up on the weekend when I heard when Rule made the comments, he 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 lost it three times last year, fumbled it three times last year, and you know that's that's um, not bad. Two hundred and eighteen rushing attempts. I'm looking at this now, and eighteen receptions. So. 236 plays, three fumbles. It's, yeah, I mean, it's not been an issue for him in his career or, or in his time at Nebraska. I'd expect that it'll be short-lived. And, and, you know, the reason it was pointed out on Saturday is because, you know, Matt Rule expects that Anthony can get over this. If it was a freshman who that happened to or somebody who was more inexperienced, I don't know that we would have heard the coach single him out in the way that, that Rule did. So, And then the only reason Satterfield talked about it today is because we had that information from from Saturday with Matt Rule singling him out. And, you know, I think that was strategic on Rule's part. He wants to, uh, to make sure that's, that he wants that to be out there. He wants uh, Anthony to understand, I think, and I'm sure Anthony does, the importance of, of that and why it can't happen. And, and that's really what Satterfield just reinforced today in, in talking about what, a, what a, a valued piece of the offense Anthony Grant can be and is, but in echoing the head coach, he's got to hold on to the ball or the opportunity to carry it is not going to be there. 
Mitch, with what you know about this coaching staff, do you think there's any chance they're putting out smoke right now to the media in order to confuse Minnesota in their game prep? Do you think that's their style? <laughs> no, I really don't. <laughs> you know, I don't think they're a deceptive type. Uh, I don't think they, they play games through the media. You know, Matt Rule comes across as an extremely straight shooter, and, you know, that was that was no more evident than it was on Saturday when he talked for about 15 minutes and, you know, uncovered – eight or nine items that were of pretty pressing interest. I mean, maybe not pressing interest to someone who doesn't follow Nebraska closely, but if you've been, been around camp, you know, these are the things that you want to know about. Hey, what's going to happen with the captains or the black shirts or the depth chart or who's the starting running back or how does the backup quarterback position look? Um, what about the injuries, you know, the fumbling issue? These are all pressing topics and, and, and you know, things that he addressed without, without – um, you know, much concern seemingly at all. He's just, he, he was an open book, and, and that's the way he's been most of the time. So I don't think there's, there's a lot of games being played. Um, you know, I, I think with Minnesota, there's, Nebraska understands and Minnesota understands that there's a, a level of, of uncertainty with, on, the, on the part of both coaching staffs when it comes to what the other team is going to do. That's always the case in an opener. It's even more the case in an opener when, when one of the teams has got a new system or two new systems in the case of Nebraska. So just like Minnesota doesn't know what Nebraska is going to do, Nebraska doesn't know how Minnesota has devised up plans to attack this thing. So um, not really. I, you know, there, at times in football, there is some cat and mouse that's played, but I don't think that's what we're seeing here. Yay or nay, Mitch, would you mow in this weather? No, no, <laughs> absolutely not. And, and it's, I can look out my window and, and, see the uh, ramifications of that answer right now because it needs to be done, but it has, it, it's, it's going to wait until sometime when the heat index is below 120. Okay. I, I just thought I'd ask. Yeah, but I was trying to find volunteers. The, the only positive to this kind of weather, going outside and working in it, is it makes the shower beer afterwards taste that much better. That's that's fair. No, I just hear, suggest... Did Piper today say that he lost 10 pounds of sweat at Yeah, practice? I did. I, he, yeah. <laughs> Why can't that happen to those of us over 45? It's all I'm asking. For the you room. might be in the hospital if it did. <laughs> <laughs> As Elijah sends me outside. I love it. Um, Mitch, you take care, bud. Thanks for jumping on and giving us some overtime. All right. Thanks a lot, See guys. You, man.